Hello and welcome to Travel Stories with Mosh, the first travel podcast in the Middle East. I'm your host Moshmi, travel blogger and broadcast journalist, and in this podcast, I'll be talking to some incredible travel enthusiasts who take us on a journey to some of the most fascinating places by sharing their travel stories. From breathtaking landscapes and cities to diverse cultures and cuisines, our special guests share their most unforgettable travel experiences while also giving away some of their not so happy encounters, what's hot on their list, and lots, lots more. So join me as we embark on this journey together to explore, experience, and connect with the world around us. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Travel Stories. Well, I'm still in awe after last week's episode where we delved into some mesmerizing travel stories from Rwanda and immersed into the vibrant culture of this extraordinary African destination. Honestly, the spirit of the people of that country truly captivated my heart. The fact that they take such good care of their country and the environment is truly remarkable. So it's not just the majestic gorillas that are the only attraction to Rwanda now, but also its culture and its people. In today's episode, I'm looking forward to talking all things luxury in travel with our special guest, Monica Capilla. Monica is an established luxury travel journalist, blogger, podcaster and radio presenter. Based in Dubai, Monica shuttles between London and Nairobi whilst running her award-winning blog, doindubai.com, that covers food, travel, and living with a recent focus on longevity. Her podcast channel, Monic Moments, explores alternative health in short and snappy episodes, and she joins us today to share her unique travel stories along with her take on a happy and healthy lifestyle. Welcome to Travel Stories, Monica. It's an absolute pleasure to host you today, and I'm really looking forward to go on some fascinating journeys with you. Thank you so much for having me, Mosh. It's entirely my honor to be here. I'm excited to take you around the world. So you've been in the luxury travel space for some time now. Tell us, why do you find it so attractive? Seriously, as you get older, as you do more in life, as mm-hmm. your children grow up, you realize that you firstly have more time, you mm-hmm. may have a little more money as well, and you're just a lot more discerning in terms of how you choose to spend your leisure time. And I think the whole focus, without being too glib, is very much on experiences that that create memories that mm-hmm. you can think about and they last for sort of a lot longer than just, well, it's a place to lay your head, basically. True. And luckily for us these days, a hotel is not just a hotel. Mm-hmm. Recently in the Financial Times, how to spend it. They had a whole feature on home from home hotels. Mm -hmm. So people want a lot more than just a clean, functional place to spend the night so they can go sightseeing. And and to me, the luxury space is very much about that and it's getting better and better. So that's definitely what attracted me and still attracts me to that arena. Right. And you're also into wellness. So do you always like to combine the two, like luxury and wellness together when you travel? Look, with all the luxury travel that one does, you're often wined and dined. And who doesn't like experiencing fantastic food? The culinary, the gastronomy of a region is is one of the key reasons people do travel to other places. 
And I think you just have to pop in some wellness there Mm -hmm. to be able to keep enjoying that for as long as possible. So for me, if there's a yoga class happening, be it a city hotel or something in Bali or, or sort of like a spiritual combination like that, then I'm all for it. Walking, obviously, is the most natural and easy way of wellness. I'm not too massively hot on the spa thing. I don't have to sort of sit in spas, but if there's a class or um, even just something that that you can learn. Mm -hmm. So if there's something connected to herbal remedies, even if they're sort of connected to making drinks and things in Mm -hmm. Europe, there was something recently in Turkey, that really does attract me. So so a holistic kind of wellness Mm -hmm. that's good for, for mind and body when you're traveling, I think is is definitely me. Awesome. So I'm really now excited because whatever you're saying sounds very, very fascinating. And I'm really looking forward to hearing all your stories. So tell me, where are you taking us on a journey today? Okay, well, if you want to know, I think where my favorite place is, it's got to be Marlebone High Street in London. Mm-hmm. I spent lots and lots of years there. In fact, before I came to Dubai, I lived there before I left London. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it evolve from mm-hmm. being just a collection of charity shops to one of the most gorgeous streets in the world. I have Regent's Park on one side. I have Selfridges on the other. I have the Wallace Collection Museum in the middle and every kind of restaurant or How eatery exciting. that you'd like in the middle as mm-hmm. well. So I think Marlebone High Street Okay. Definitely a place I've spent lots of time in. I go back to, and I'd love to continue going back to, have a farmer's market on a Sunday morning, which is on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's very central, great place to get everywhere from. It's a great place to come home to. Okay, so you live there, so it's very different for you. But if someone's visiting London and they want to go to that area, what would you say to them? Where should they go? What should they experience? Well, they should definitely go to the Wallace Collection. So mm-hmm. the Wallace Collection is actually a museum. It's a house museum. And it was Edward and Mrs. Simpson. So it was their home. Mm -hmm. It's full of really beautiful antiquities and things to see because she was a very, very um, good collector. Mm -hmm. So all the things there, they've got a beautiful restaurant, which is definitely worth a coffee or a meal if you've got longer. Mm -hmm. They have workshops, they have art history talks as well. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of in the middle of that road. You should definitely go to all the shops along that road. There are small independent boutiques. Mm -hmm. There's a street off that road called Marlebone Lane, and they have a fantastic fish and chip shop because Mm -hmm. fish and chips is very, very London, Mm -hmm. and that's a great place to have it. But they've also got an Ottolenghi store as well where you can just sit down and have something to eat. Okay. And all the places in between. Um, As I said, the farmer's market on a Sunday is a really nice place to visit. But it feels very much like a neighborhood place still. They call it Marlebone Village. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, Daunt Books. If someone loves travel, if someone loves reading, then you can go into Daunt Books and ask about any destination in the world, however remote or big or small. They mm-hmm. will have not only one recommendation, they'll have a pile of recommendations for you. And it's a beautiful building with a lovely stained glass arch window, a green background, and they have author talks as well for I think as little as five or or seven pounds, which is under 50 dirhams, Mm -hmm. um, where you can have a beverage, meet other like-minded people, talk about books. What else could you ask for? There's a road called Moxon Street that's got a shop called La Fromagerie. So the the name gives the game away. It's a specialty cheese shop Uh and you can get all sorts of cheeses there. So yeah, there's lots to eat. There's lots to drink. There's lots to see. 
great for your mind and your body as well. And you've got Regent's Park at one end to walk it all off. And of course, at the end is Selfridges. Only gets better. Yes, yes. And your wallet gets very Mm -hmm. flexed. So you did take us to London. And I think I'm going to look at London with a completely new eye now because London is exciting all the time. There is so much to do. But this particular area, which you call home, I think is very, very attractive. And I think there is a lot to discover in that area, like you said, you know, and so many things to do. But as you were growing up, when did you kind of realize that you actually love travel? Was there any particular place that made you realize that? I come from very humble origins. And actually, when my parents were in London, the travel was very much going back to India to mm-hmm. see the wider family. Mm-hmm. So for a long, long time, all our travel was focused on going back to Delhi, mm-hmm. sometimes to Bombay. So a lot of our travel was India, mm-hmm. and it was to see family. And I thought, well, that's great. But I didn't really think of that as travel. I thought, mm-hmm. well, that's just going to India. Mm-hmm. Of course, now I think about India completely mm-hmm. differently. So I think it was when I was in my early 20s, when I started working, I was earning my own money. We were a bit more settled and we had time and the luxury, I suppose, to choose where we wanted to go Mm. and who we wanted to go with. And it wasn't with family Mm. that I thought, hey, you know, there's something to this. So you start based in London going to to Europe, to Spain, Mm. to Portugal, to places like that, to the Algarve, all those kinds of places. And even places sort of within the UK, when you go for sort of a a couple of nights to a countryside retreat, either Mm -hmm. Sussex or Norfolk or the Cotswolds or things. Mm -hmm. I think it was then that it was like, you know, this feels really refreshing to Mm -hmm. be in a completely different environment where there's different food. If you're abroad, then different languages and there's so much to see. So I think it was from my early 20s, but there wasn't one particular place that said, I've got the travel bug. Sure. So it kind of happened organically for yes. you yeah, as you were growing up. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that, you know, you used to go a lot to India to see the wider family. And it was different then and it is dif- different now. So what is different now? How do you look at travel to India now? What are the experiences that you look forward to when you go to that country now? Well, I mean, now we have a little bit more money. We're a bit more discerning. Mm -hmm. We have a whole lot more knowledge with the internet. Mm -hmm. So you look for places. Also, India has changed as a country with travel and everything, right? So there is so much more. It's evolved into a completely different place. When we were traveling, obviously, to go to see family, you Mm -hmm. stay with family. You never, never stay in a hotel. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. It was Mm -hmm. fun in a different way. Your grandma would say to you, okay, which kind of parathas do you want this morning? Mm -hmm. And she'd say, gobi, alu or muli, which which for your listeners is something like cauliflower, potato or radish. Yeah. And I'd say, and yes, please. <laughs> and she used to make me all three. But it was a teeny tiny kitchen where uh-huh. she was standing. There was a little altar in the back. And that had its own charm. Yeah. But now, you know, I'm quite keen to go to Gurg, mm. where the coffee plantations are right. and spend Beautiful. some time in some kind of, you know, nice homesteads that mm-hmm. give me that feel of not quite Scotland, but a a very hilly, Mm. green type of landscape. And there's a lot more in South India. I'm very partial to South India, even though I'm North Indian myself. Yeah, I'm going to stay a little bit in India because you mentioned hotels and you love staying in luxury hotels. So which is your favourite luxury hotel in India? Look, I love the Taj Heritage Hotel Mm -hmm. in Bombay, Mm -hmm. the architecture of the place, the vibe, the sea lounge where Mm -hmm. you can sit and have breakfast. And I obviously it has great memories for Mm -hmm. me as well. But I think any of the Leela hotels as well are beautiful and I would be happy to to go back to. There is a place that I want to go to. It's just been taken over by the Six Senses. It is called Vana, and -hmm. it's up near Dehradun. And again, it very much combines the whole wellness angle that I have. And and there's one in Jaipur 
called Villa Palladio. Okay. And it looks absolutely stunning. I mean, it's one of these, every single vista could mm-hmm. be in Condé Nast magazine. So right. I'm very keen to go and see it. So Villa Palladio wow. and this Vanna in up near Deradun. Okay, fantastic. Well, I hope you get to go to all those places that you mentioned. Now, of course, London and Nairobi are kind of your favorite places and you hold them very close to your heart. But if you were to pick your all-time favorite destination, which one would you pick? I mean, it sounds just so glib, but I really did like Bali. It mm-hmm. sounds quite boring, and I'm sure lots of people say that. Mm-hmm. I did really, really enjoy. It has a lot of things that are, are important to me. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost is the food. Mm-hmm. The food was absolutely wonderful. Really, and really variety. enjoyed. Yeah, so we stayed actually at the Alila in Seminyak. Mm-hmm. So not only did they have that classic hotel, well, here's the Western breakfast and here's the Asian breakfast, mm-hmm. but they had within the Asian, the Asian healthy breakfast and mm-hmm. the effort that they were putting in to do that. Then you have a very gentle vibe. And even though the traffic would be snarled up on the very narrow roads, the the driver of your vehicle would just not get phased by it at all. So it made everyone else quite calm. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, if you, we ended up having some amazingly high quality yoga lessons mm-hmm. in a group. It wasn't even a private thing. Again, at these hotels, so Ubud side, you're surrounded by this greenery, the paddy mm-hmm. fields. But I think the food, definitely the scenery, the vibe. It's the energy, right? The energy around the place was so positive for you. So even if you do not get that you know, the perfect place. It's still perfect in so many ways because the energy around it was so great. Yeah, it was a kind of soft, mild place Mm. that had very high quality accommodation and high quality food. And I just saw a tiny bit of Bali. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's an awful lot more of Bali that we could go back to. But Yeah, there's always so much more to discover with every place you go. Like, But, you know, there must be some place around the world in all your travels that have not kind of left a very good impression on you or probably you don't want to go back to a particular place. It could be a place, it could be because of the experience that you had. So do you have any place that you don't want to go back to because of any particular reason? I've had two or three dreadful experiences Mm -hmm. at hotels, both of them in America, different cities, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to name them. Mm -hmm. So one was on the road trip part of many hotels, and one was an event that we had to be at and there was no other choice Mm -hmm. but to stay at this particular place. And then combined with the lack of food options and and everything else, everything was kind of compounded. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, food plays a big, big role. I mean, for me, if the food is not the way I like it, I won't even say up to the mark because standards are different for different people. But I will travel for food. So it really has to be, you know, good food. Now, hopping across all these little places with you, I really want to know what is your hidden gem? The island of Lamu. Have you you heard about Lamu? No, I haven't. Okay. So Lamu is an island in Kenya. It's quite an Islamic kind of heritage island because a lot of that Swahili culture Mm -hmm. crosses a lot with the Islamic culture. So you take a flight from Nairobi. That's how you get there. It's about an hour or so, really easy. And I'd call it like an African Maldives because you get off the plane and Mm. very much like when you're, you're in the Maldives, you sort of literally just walk across a little area and then you get on a boat Mm -hmm. and the boat will then take you to the island but it's much 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 more low-key there is no speedboat or anything like that it's a very very one island it's one island not a cluster of islands there are four different small very very tiny islands but they call it the archipelago of lamu okay so we stayed on the area called shella shella is the main and i would Mm -hmm. say the only one that you should stay on Mm -hmm. but you get your luggage gets taken in a in a cart a hand pulled cart And you get onto this boat very carefully and Mm -hmm. they take you and your luggage across the water. And we stayed at the Peponi Hotel, Mm -hmm. which is the only hotel that you should stay at unless you're renting a villa. 
in Lamu and they take you to the waterside restaurant, that's the main restaurant, and you literally have the water next to you and that is your check-in for reception. Okay. So the lady that owns it, Carol, it's a second or third generation owned hotel, um, has such an eye for detail in terms of landscaping and the gardens. And mm. you think, you know, you've died and gone to heaven, quite frankly. Wow. The rooms literally have these sort of white shutters that open out onto beautiful gardens. Nothing manicured or anything, but perfectly, perfectly planted. Mm. And then you've got the sea beyond. We caught the end of a yoga festival just by chance. So, of course, I just walked 10 minutes away, rented my mat, walked to another venue and did my my yoga, not at the Peponi Hotel. And that was amazing. People Sounds had come amazing. from all over the world at places like the Moon House Villas or something like mm. that. And then you can stop on the way back. And I'm talking minutes. I'm talking mm. like less than 15 minutes from one place to another by walking. You can stop at the tea house and, and order samosas, which somebody's making in their house. And it costs you nothing. You can get tea and samosas and a coconut water. Sounds for like a film couple set of to dollars. me, like a People, small little yeah, place. Very much like that. Yeah. And I think sort of a little bit under the radar. And there are beautiful, beautiful houses to rent that people, you know, if you're in a larger group or you're doing a retreat or something, advance. Mm. So I think Lamu... It's definitely one to think about. Obviously, go when the weather is right for you. Mm -hmm. And we did a couple of day trips, but we had three nights at the most in Lamu, and it was literally like a lifetime away. Very, very good. I highly recommend it. Lamu in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of greenery. The architecture, very traditional, and it's blended the old and new very well. I would caution not staying in Lamu village itself, Mm -hmm. but I would go for Shella. Definitely Shella versus Lamu. Though we did a tour there, but that's Mm. maybe something just to see on a tour and come back, but not to stay at. Lamu is still very much a trading town. Mm, Um, People still trade spices. There's all kinds of commerce that happens. You know, it's a very happening place. A very, very busy, buzzy, vibrant life that happens in Lamu where people have lived there for generations. Mm. There's a very, very specific culture Mm. of the kind of Lamu people. It's a very tribal place, actually. I think there are just seven families for the people who live there. And everybody's sort of related to someone from those seven tribes or families, if you like. So it has a very, very distinct identity. Um, So Lamu Lamu has a culture of its own. Absolutely. And it's safe to go there. I think it was 100% safe, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, as I said, stay on Lamu Village, okay. but definitely in Shella and at the Pony Hotel, yeah, 100% safe. All right. Lamu it is then, the next hidden gem we have on this episode right here, given to us by Monica. Now, Monica, if you had to travel to three different places in a day, and I know you love your good food, so if you could travel to three different places in a day, where would you have breakfast, where would you have lunch, and where would you have dinner? I had to think really long and hard about this one, but I think we've already alluded to breakfast. I would love to go back for my Asian healthy breakfast mm-hmm. to the Alila Hotel mm-hmm. in Bali in Seminyak and okay. overlook those beaches. I okay. think that would be great. And mm-hmm. then just do my yoga class. So for me, that would be a perfect morning. Mm-hmm. And lunch, I mm-hmm. absolutely love anything to do with flowers. So I'd love to have lunch in an area where there are lots and lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so one would be to have lunch on a heritage estate in the tulip fields in Amsterdam, which actually is an experience at the Krasnopolsky Hotel, which is an Anantara hotel. And Mm. I would love to have lunch in the middle of this tulip field on this heritage estate. I think that would be incredible Mm. and very, very memorable. Or there is in Nanuki, again in Kenya, a company called Tambuzi Roses. There it's a flower farm. And they have facilities for you to have, apparently, which I didn't know, lunch on their estate in the flower farm surrounded okay. by tambuzi roses so I cannot think of That's anything beautiful. nicer so as long as lunch is lots of flowers that I can see that would be amazing 
dinner was a really hard choice. I think I have to go back to London for dinner mm-hmm. because cocktails are great. The quality of food is really good. But, you know, it, it sounds strange, but I really would love to have some Indian food for dinner. I like Jamavar. It's not too flashy mm-hmm. and it's not sort of loud or clubby. But you feel you're somewhere that has some weight in terms of substance and luxury. And the food is really good. Most important part. Amazing. Classic so we've got dishes. this three fabulous places around the world where we could go for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But if we had to have breakfast, lunch and dinner here in Dubai, which are your favorite places? Breakfast at um, Josette next to the Arts Club is mm-hmm. just launched. They've got this amazing crab omelette. Oh. That's definitely one that has to be tried. Okay. Definitely. I'm more than happy to have breakfast anytime at the Bay at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. So they would be my two top picks okay. for breakfast. Okay. I think Sushi Samba on the Palm is definitely one to go yeah. to for lunch because the vibe is so cool. Yeah. You get those views that they never fail to impress. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how jaded you are about, well, I've seen this, done this before. It always impresses other people. Mm-hmm. I'm always impressed by the view that you get out of the windows. The food is very good and the service is very good as well. Dinner, and where dinner. would I suggest for dinner in Dubai if money was no object? Maybe somewhere like Lauren, which is in the Palm. Okay. It's an Italian restaurant. It is very, very beautiful and probably has good seafood as well. And I've not heard anyone say that they've had a bad experience there. There's so much, you know, to experience here in Dubai or the UAE beyond the glitz and the glamour and the malls, etc. So do you have any favourite experience that you would highly recommend to our listeners? I do, actually. So it's called the Heritage Express. It's been set up as an initiative by the Sheikh Mohammed Center for Cultural Understanding in the Al-Fahidi area of Dubai, which mm-hmm. is where the, the old museum is, where yeah. Bar Dubai is, Mina Bazaar, that sort of side of town. And the reason that I recommend it is, one, you get to talk face-to-face, up close and personal with Emiratis. So with local people who a lot of expats don't necessarily get the chance to do Mm -hmm. unless, you know, you're in an Mm -hmm. arena which allows you to do so. And they're very, very good natured. They're very, they have great sense of humor. And you can ask them any sorts of questions from like, why do the women wear black and why do the men wear white? And Mm -hmm. any sorts of questions about the heritage and the history of the UAE. And it's a very, very relaxed setting. You could have a meal. You can choose either a lunch or a breakfast, actually, we Mm -hmm. went for. And then after you've sort of sat down, mudgeless style, seen a little bit of the architecture, done a, a bit of a walk around the heritage area, all guided throughout by an authentic sort of Emirati young guide. Well, that's a um, very rich experience. Yeah. And then you get onto a, a, a moving mudgeless, they call it. So it's oh. sort of like a tram and air-conditioned, beautiful seats. And then you get taken around part of the city. Mm-hmm. And again, they'll, they'll talk to you about different buildings and the significance of the different buildings. And you end up at the mosque in Jumeirah 1, mm-hmm. where you see the falcon, and then you hear a little bit more about the customs. Mm-hmm. Dur- doing it during Ramadan was completely different as well. So I, I think if you're new to Dubai, or you haven't done that, or you're a visitor, or you want to take people and you've mm-hmm. not done it, it's a great thing to do it is. to take them. It and is, it's, it's yeah. very reasonably priced as well. So you just go there and you pick your tickets and you You have go. to book in advance. Okay. The booking link is on uh, Heritage Express. Okay. So if they just Google Heritage Express or look at my blog, it tells them all the details, the timings, the meals that you can book and how you'd like to do it and exactly what's involved and what to expect. Oh, that's fascinating. I have been in Dubai for so long, but I haven't done this. So this is really something to look at over the weekend or even during a weekday. Yeah, and it's good for children as well. I mean, they're very, very happy for children to come along. And it's a great way to experience sort of what Dubai 
was all about. And then yeah. you can kind of recognize elements of tradition that are there. And very, very insightful, very mm-hmm. informative. You you learn a lot as well. And also going into the majlis will be another different experience because we don't get to do that. I mean, it's a very local experience. Yes. Um, so that I'm sure is going to be fascinating as well. But now coming back to travels again, Monica, what is next on your list? Well, there are two places that I'd really like to go to. I really want to go to Sevilla, uh, Seville mm-hmm. in English, in Spain for all the reasons of architecture, to the food, the history. So Seville and obviously Grenada, I think, is near there. So we yeah. combine that. Yeah. I'm also really keen on going to Sardinia, but I don't want to necessarily do it as oh, just the glitzy, glammy Costa Esmeralda mm-hmm. side of things. I mean, yes, I'd love to have a look at that and a mm-hmm. dip into that. But I'd also like to sort of see Costa Esmeralda from kind of maybe from an Italian person's point yeah. of view there. So those two are definitely there. Well, Italy so. is my favorite country in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I really hope you get to do Sardinia and you also get to do Sevilla and Granada because those are also very beautiful places. And this was such a lovely chat. Thank you so much. We've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, giving us all the tips and also telling us a lot about luxury travel. This was a very, very enjoyable chat. Thank you so much, Manika. Thank you so much, Moshmi. Hopefully we'll get somewhere together and experience some of the things we've chatted about. So that was luxury travel expert, Monica Capilla. If you want to know more about Monica's travels and her recommendations, then you can go to her website, doingdubai.com, and you can also listen to her podcast channel, Monic Moments. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope our conversations have fueled your wanderlust and inspired you to explore the world in new and exciting ways. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up with our latest episodes. And if you want to be the first to know who's joining me next week, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mosh Travels. I would love to know what you think, what kind of travel stories and guests you would like me to cover. You can find all the episodes and destinations mentioned by all the guests on my website, moshtravels.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, safe travels and keep adventuring.